You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous, me at Cartoon Therapy. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe. If you can write a review or rate my show, you could do that wherever you listen to my show. <laughs> if you want to be on the show, I think I've said show like 10 times already, um, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. This is a call and advice show where I talk to total strangers uh, about all kinds of things. Uh, people call in to, to rev- talk about their secret lives, their naughty lives. I like to give people advice. So if you have a problem and your friends don't feel like talking to you anymore or your friends don't give good advice, <laughs> you could call into my show. I give good advice. I think I do. Um, you could go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's a Reddit page where people go, especially people who have been on the show and they go and chat with people about their stuff. So if you want to talk extra to the people who've been on my show, go over to uh, the Reddit page that these guys set up. It's like reddit.com slash like talk strictly anonymous podcast. I don't know. Google it. You could find it. It's really easy. Um, today I have on a guy named John. John is his real name. John's going to give you his Instagram name. I should give you his Instagram name because you want to get a visual of what he's going to be talking about on this podcast because I don't know what the fuck it meant. He told me, he sent me an email saying he wanted to be on the show and he was into, he was a Shibari artist. Now I had never, I didn't know what Shibari meant. Uh, What it is apparently is like it's something that has to do with, and he was like, I'm really into the fetish communities. It's, It's like a BDSM uh, thing and it's a, a form of tying people up but it's like very artistic um, he talks about he got kind of like a lot of people like found his Instagram page and he got like 15,000 followers because he's like uh, kind of really good at what he does like I said he's into BDSM his let me give you his uh, Instagram before I forget it's Somo not co. So S O M O K N O T C O. You could Google him on um, Instagram and then you're going to hear his story, how he got into the whole uh, bondage world, uh, who taught him everything he knows now. Uh, that's an interesting story. He's lived in dungeons. He's had orgies, threesomes. Uh, he's a dom. He's had subs. Uh, and he's like very into shibari. He's like a shibari master. And that, like I said, is the art of tying people up. And you should go check out his pictures on Instagram. He talks all about uh, how he got into it, how he got successful, what goes down in the BDSM world uh, and all that kind of stuff, which is always interesting to me because there's always like these side things um, and whatever. So anyway, <laughs> the interesting part of his story to me is that he's like a guy that was living in the vanilla world at a very young age. He realized like what he was into and he wasn't getting, he wasn't satisfied in his relationships because the girls that he was with weren't into like the kinky stuff he was into. So he sort of gave it up at a very young age, dating regular people and went online uh, in search of like-minded people and he found them. And, and I think he's like a success story for other people out there who are sort of living a secret life maybe or are living in the vanilla world even though they're like a lot more kinky or out of the box, right? And they just don't feel like they fit in but they just don't know how to sort of get out of that and be true to who they are. This is a guy that did that, like I said, very early on and is like has great relationships with people who know exactly who he is and he gets to be exactly who he is and uh, everybody's happy. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with John. 
Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Um, hey, John, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Well, how about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, I just looked over your email. You sent in an email and you had used some words that I didn't know. Like one of the words was shibari and rigor. I'm like, I'm a shibari artist and a rigor and like, (laughs) and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Um, And, you know, basically you said that you were like involved in the fetish community hardcore enough that you like sort of got a lot of followers on Instagram, right? So I'm assuming like you take pictures of yourself in the fetish world or like, how did you get people like followers on Instagram with this? Well, the, ins- the Instagram thing is kind of a long story. Um, I don't uh, know if we should start there. First of all, tell me what you the gist of what you do in the fetish community, like and what you're okay. into. Well, um, primarily I am a rigger. Um, what does that a mean, rigger? rigger? Okay, so riggers tend to be uh, bondage-based, and they tend to deal with a a, a structure, um, suspensions, uh, heavy bondage, and um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess starting off, probably explaining Shibari would be the 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 good point. Most, to start, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shibari is ancient Japanese art of rope bondage. Um, it's very intricate and very complicated, but it's it's visually stunning and visually um, visually complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is where I live. That is the camp that I live in. And that's um, what you got into. But first of all, how old are you? You sound kind of young. <laughs> I, I'm 36. Okay, when did you get into all this stuff? Like, when did you, you know, I have like a million questions, but when did you start getting into this that you're like, you know, pretty hardcore into it now? Like, Well, I was always kind of in the kinky camp. I kind of always lived in, in a kinky space, even throughout high school. and But I didn't really start really delving into it till around 25. Mm-hmm. But did you um, know what it was? Like, did you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally into bondage and like, that's my thing. Or did it, you know, or like, did it sort of evolve into it? Well, um, it definitely, it definitely evolved into it. Um, mm-hmm. I was definitely a, a very, uh, um, I was I was into the aesthetic. I mean, throughout high school, I was a little punk rock kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always, always had the plaid zipper pants and the mohawk and the colored hair and the collars and the. So I, I, aesthetically, I I feel like I was kind of always leaning into the camp. I was right. I was always chased around the little suicide girl types and the the. Mm-hmm alternative girls and uh i mean that's just kind of the the world i lived in as as a child as a child growing up Uh that's just kind of the world i lived in and then it and then when you when you're early 20s you said and you started to get into like bondage and stuff like did where did you meet somebody and you in that like and you were in a relationship and you guys started to do it or did you go to like a sex club and did it like where did you were you first introduced uh, well, things weren't really working in relationships for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always wanted to push things sexually. I always wanted to move into, you know, experiment more mm-hmm. with girlfriends and relationships and the girls I was seeing and the girls I was trying to see. And it just with in the vanilla world, things just didn't work for me so relationships weren't panning out how i'd like them to pan out Mm -hmm. i just kind of got to a point where i was like i I gotta kind of figure things out right um 
So I, I, I know you kind of, uh, you've heard on your podcast before about FetLife. Yeah. Um, a, uh, uh, a friend of mine who worked at a sex store, um, she, she had mentioned casually in conversation to a friend, FetLife. And I started, I, I, I took that information and stuck to my computer and kind of typed on the computer and figured out what FetLife was and started kind of looking for mentors and looking for places and parties and things to 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 figure it out for myself. Right. You want to find like-minded people, right? Because it wasn't like you were dating them and most people were kind of quote unquote, the normal people weren't into what you were into, but you found a place where maybe you could meet people that were into what you're And what was it specifically that you were looking for at that time? Like, was there a name mm-hmm. for it then? I mean, it wasn't Shibari, right? Like you probably didn't know of that yet. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't, I, I, at, at that juncture, I just knew I was kinky and I knew, uh, I knew that there was stuff I needed to figure out about myself. Mm-hmm. And did you go looking for guys, girls, or like orgies? Like, because I know you've done a lot of stuff, so we're going to talk about that. But like, what did you initially go out looking for? Um, initially, I was trying to find like-minded people. I, I didn't really know what I was right. I was looking for specifically. I just knew that if I'm if I keep searching in this vanilla world i'm i'm not gonna find what what i'm looking for every Mm -hmm. time every time i pushed with a vanilla relationship it just wound up not working out i I end up getting getting my heart broke broken or scaring someone or just didn't didn't work out how i wanted it to so I, i just needed to to figure it out for myself so i just started exploring i started exploring on that life i started exploring on Craigslist. I started exploring on, um, you know, pictures, think websites, just kind of seeing, seeing what was interesting to me. Yeah. And what did you find? Like, what was like your first hookup on there? Right? Like, I mean, did you, how did you like transition? Cause I'm sure you probably first started talking to people and stuff like that. And then did you eventually start hooking up with people? Is that how it went? Well, well, the, the barrier for entry for guys into any kind of kinky scene is pretty high. Um, right. You have to have you have to have people bet you out and approve you to come to their parties. You have to have people say, you know, this guy is not a creep. He's not gonna um, he's not gonna cause a problem. Right. So so it probably took me two years of kind of talking to people online and figuring it out and. A lot of a lot of misplaced messages and a lot of you know talking to the right people. Um, but what what really got me into it was I I started answering ads of people who wanted to mentor people. So people oh, would place like they ads want, on. They were they wanted to be the mentors and they want and you would be like the student, right? Exactly. Right. Okay, exactly. that's cool. That was perfect for you. Yeah, uh, I mean. I, I, I really uh I, I didn't at, at the at the point of of you know typing messages and trying to reach out to people you know most girls roll their eyes at any incoming message that you would get on any kind of website you know like you're gonna try and slide into somebody's DMs they're most right. girls are just sickened by it so so my my next move was okay let's find the people who want who are searching for people of course and right. uh yeah that that's how that's how i made my move mm-hmm. so and those were the people on fat life right or craigslist like those are people that are looking that, to that, hook up that life was my was 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 my uh my way in and now who became your first mentor a girl a guy so it was actually a, a married couple they were well off she was a pro dom and she was looking to look, looking for people to uh to mentor um and uh, i i i made friends with them um first i mean she 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 had a very very nice house uh with a dungeon i mean i i can't exp- i can't even express it it was just a 
very nice house, um, mm-hmm. like movie theater, jacuzzi tub, pool. Right, they like, were super wealthy and lived in yes. the, right. Okay, good. So they had a, the real deal dungeon downstairs, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, actually ended up living in her dungeon for about six months. Yeah, you did put that in your email. You lived in a dungeon. I guess that's what you're talking about. So wait, yeah. what was that first experience like? You go to their house. Okay, so um, yeah, I I go to the house. Um, we actually, you know, smoked a little weed and just kind of talked to each other. So I mean, it was just kind of a real relaxed scenario the first time. Um, nothing kinky happened. Nothing, you know. It was Did you just find kind them of a, attractive? Um, yeah, yeah. It was she was attractive and she was very she's so nice nicest person in the world um just a professional at just making friends and being being a good person she's just a great mentor to have and i I was really lucky to meet her right and now how old was she was she way older than you yeah she was mid 40s mid 40s and at this point i was probably like 28 okay yeah. So you're going to be the little sub in this situation, right? No, 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 not at all. Um, not at all. She had plenty of subs, plenty right. of plenty of people for me to experiment with. Um, oh, okay. She was teaching you how to be a dom. Yes, indeed. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the first time we actually played, she had a a a, a sub that. I had never met, and I mean, we we actually got to got to, you know, uh, experimenting around with it. Uh huh. And was it a girl or a guy? Girl. Okay. Girl. And she would like you both sort of worked on the girl, or like was it just you and her? Or she she was teaching, she was telling you what to do. She well, she had plenty of implements. She had everything that you could think of to use. And I mean, I kind of, I kind of always gravitated towards rope. Um, and that's kind of the direction I just went in because I don't know, I, I have a fishing background. I'm, I know knots, I know. So I just thought that was something I could easily play around with. Uh-huh. And um, she kind of fostered that. She, she definitely in future months, not in this, experience but she bought me my own rope she bought a ring she bought everything i would need to learn how to do it right she bought books she bought i mean she wasn't a professional at shibari at that juncture she definitely is now we learned a lot together and i mean both kind of went our own ways afterwards but but yeah she definitely fostered my ability to do to do it and how did you wind up living at the at their in their dungeon well um my roommate at the time was uh, was about to get married, and uh, like I, I had just—I mean, I had just—I uh, had just gotten to a point where I was trying to figure out a new spot, and I was trying to figure out all this stuff about my life. And she was like, "Hey, come live here. Right. Come learn this. Come do this." She, she was she was a very like Very you guys helpful. became friends. I mean, she was a great friend. Right, she was mm-hmm. a great friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? What about her husband? What did he do during the while this shit was going down? Was he there in the room too, or was he just doing his business? This is something that she was into, or was he into it too? Was he a sub, or was he a dom too? Like, how did it play out in their relationship? He, uh, well, they were they were poly, and I mean, I think he was more of a swinger than was into into BDSM. Right. Uh-huh. I, I think he he really wasn't as into it as as, as we were. I mean, right. Um he he had a big job and he was out of town a lot. And I think this was kind of her pet project to keep herself interested and but he keep was herself cool busy. With that, right? Yeah, he was cool with everything. Now, did you ever world. fool around with her? Yeah, I did. I did. Um not I think she wanted more of a poly relationship with me than I, I, I wanted a mentor. I wanted a, I wanted a, uh, I wanted to learn from her. And I think she, at, at the end of the day, wanted to foster a, 
poly relationship with me. And right, that's um, probably why she invited you to like sleep in her dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you kept it kind of professional. I, I tried to. I mean, we, in that kind of highly sexually charged environment, of course, things happened. Um, because I mean, geez, I mean, I lived in a dungeon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not going to say things didn't happen between me and her, but, um, did you, you I, fucked her many times? Like, but, and like, right. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. And now um, like when you guys would fuck each other, like what, cause you're both doms and you're both, she's sort of teaching you like, was it just straight normal sex or did you guys like get into the whole bondage thing with each other? Um, most of the sexual contact we had was, uh, as a result of playing with somebody else. Okay. I, I liken BDSM to a very complicated and very, um, intricate foreplay. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just sex, but it's what comes before it. No, I know. I was very surprised at some of my BDSM calls, especially the first ones that I had on my show many, many, many years ago, where I found like a lot of it, the majority of it wasn't sexual. There was a lot of other stuff going on before the SEX started, right? Uh, Yeah, it's it's like a night of dancing. At the end of the night, then sex happens. Right, right. so, so not necessarily any kind of sex is happening while BDSM is happening. Right. Uh-huh. But when it all comes to the head, everyone's taken their shower and gotten rid of their shackles and their collars, then you're very sexually charged. And that's kind of when you go at it, you know? Right. Uh-huh. So, so after the scenes, after the play, that's kind of when things got to that point. Right, and and that's when you would like take part because you've said in your email to me like I've been involved in orgies and threesomes and you know blah blah. blah. Is that how these kind of things come up for you because you're in that world and like when everything's all said and done, like your sub and that mentor and you would just all kind of wind up together in a threesome? Um, yeah, in a roundabout way. Um, now, I mean, this relationship wasn't the end all be all of yeah, my you know, experience. Yeah. But um, it was like just the beginning, really. It was just, yeah, this was, this was when I was still green, when I was still new to everything. So right. where'd so, you go from there? Well, um, I ended up being in a DS relationship with another girl. A what? Um, Dom sub relationship. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Dom sub. Okay. With a girl. And where'd you meet her on FetLife or Craigslist? Um, or no, she was actually one of the subs that we were bringing into the house. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did that lady um, get jealous at all? Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah. Duh. Um, of course. Yeah. No, that, that didn't end as, as well as I would have liked it to. Right. Um, now we're still friends. We're good friends now. She got past it eventually, right? Yeah, we we all got past it. But um, at the time, I was looking for. I mean, she was married, so I couldn't have a re- I couldn't have a real relationship. Yeah, with she her. was way older than you. I mean, indeed, right? yeah. yeah. So so I was kind of looking for someone in my own age range. I was kind yeah, of looking of for my something of my own. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up. Moving, moving out, and moving on. Um, With this and, girl that you met through her. Yes. Uh huh. Um. So, yeah, that was a new relationship, and that that's kind of the relationship where I kind of solidified myself as a member of the BDSM community on my own, and not kind of uh, a, a student of someone. Yeah, and how great was it to finally be in a relationship where you could be yourself and there was, like, no boundaries? It wasn't like, you know, like you were with somebody that was on the total same page as you and it was into the freaky stuff. That it was definitely into. a breath of, yeah, it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Right. Um, uh, to, to, I mean, I don't know, like, as a student, I kind of always felt a little bit under her thumb. Um, now, she was the most generous person in the world and really great to me, but... 
you know, I kind of felt like I owed her something the whole time I was there. And being out from that under that umbrella was was nice. Yeah, that saying, you know, the student always outgrows the teacher. I mean, it's just the way that it goes, you know. Uh, So you eventually like left the nest. Now you're in a relationship with this girl. And then did you guys do all kinds of stuff within that? How long did that relationship last? That relationship lasted uh, three, four years. Right. So did you guys get into some crazy things together? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We definitely definitely um definitely started started being in a more highly sexually charged. I mean at, at the beginning we were we were just a normal relationship just figuring stuff out as we would, but um after about a year we were like okay, let's try and explore the community a little bit. Um, we explored a lot. I mean, we made it to a bunch of munches and a bunch, bunch of play parties. Oh, munchers are like, yeah, I heard that from one of, my, one of my guys on. That's like a place where it's like kind of like a meetup get together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. just like a meet and greet. People have them at like a bar or somebody's house or just like, you know. The Holiday uh, Inn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's more of a play party type situation, uh, but. No, but I mean, they have them in the conference rooms. Like, it's like more like a, it's not like, it's like a place where people are just like meeting up and just like talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where, where you would go if you met somebody online, you're like, I don't want to meet this person alone. I don't know if they're a crazy person. So probably like, let's meet them in a public place where people are all meeting. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. That's kind of what a munch is in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. So you started going into those with hers and then... Well, I, I, uh, after a while I started, um, started teaching at dungeons, teaching rope. Cause at this point I was pretty good at rope. Um, and your girl, I was obviously into it or most subs. No, like she was, into it? Um, there's a lot of entry, uh, a lot of people, not entry. There's a lot of interest in rope. Um, right. like, but there's not a lot of people who are great at just very, complicated uh-huh. um just it, it's intricate rope work is is hard to come by and you kind of have to study at it you kind of have to work at it so I, I i i had i had some some experience right so so people were interested in what i was doing and i was um teaching at local dungeons just you know not not anything too complicated just showing them what i knew um, and, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, made it around to local dungeons and I kind of made a local name for myself in this relationship because of your rope tying skills. Like at this yes. point, are you, do you know what Shibari means and that that's what you're doing? Is that what, where you, what you, what, yeah, at this right. point, at this point, I'm pretty good at rope. Uh huh. Um, uh, and I don't know, she, she was kind of a, a, a burlesque performer in our area. She kind of liked to take photography. She liked she liked to take pictures of herself. She liked she she was she was uh, a, a little um, alt model, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, uh, it got to the point where she was like, "Yeah, sign me up and take pictures." Oh, okay. Is this where the Instagram thing starts to come into play? Um, not even at this point, really, right. it wasn't until maybe three years ago right. that, that I really got into Instagram, but yeah, that's kind of where it started. She, she had photographer friends, she had, um, burlesque friends and she, yeah, she liked, liked to show off her body. So she had me hire up and take pictures. Right. Okay. And you would also do it with her friends too, or like would you guys? Because she was the sub, right? You were the dom. Would you bring people into mm-hmm. that relationship? I'm assuming you would. Well, at this point, um, I guess she had brought me to a play party with one of her. Well, not one of her, but the lady who runs her burlesque shows. Okay, she has like this little artist troupe where they 
do sideshow performances and um, burlesque shows and strip teases. And um, she kind of brought me into that world of where I was no longer kind of a behind closed door guy, but more a like performance in front artist. of her. Yeah. Performance artist. Exactly. Uh-huh. So you were like, you were doing it at the club. I was doing it at um, clubs. I was doing it at, um, yeah, on stage. I was right, doing like it at the burlesque place, right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was probably, it was interesting that people say, right? Yeah, it was definitely, it, it was like, I, I had no idea how many like people would actually be interested in something like that as a performance art. Right. Necessarily. Like I, I, I was just interested in it to, you know, further my kinky interests. And, you know, it kind of turned into a thing where there was, you know, more of a show aspect of what I was doing. Well, you said it's not just like, I mean, you're not just tying it up. This whole thing, there's, it's like an art form. And you said it's like visually like stunning and it's intricate, right? So it's probably, it's like, you know, it makes sense. It's kind of like art, right? The way you're doing it, the way you're tying it up. I don't know. I didn't look at your, why don't you give people your Instagram uh, information right now so they could get a visual? Okay. So um, my Instagram is somo.co. Um, spelled S O M O A N O T C O. Um, I never meant to to have so many followers as I do, but uh, I mean, otherwise I would have came up with a better name. So if people uh, no, but so if people would go there and look now that like right now, right, they would see what you're talking about as far as like the. Oh the, yeah, I mean, they would see they would see the the girlfriend I'm talking about. They would see the. Like I even had like a little shed behind my house that I would tie in and take pictures in at the very beginning of the, now, now I work with photographers and studios, but before I, I was just, you know, it was, it was always just like a little hobby of mine. So, right. And it, it kind of blew evolved up. into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it was something that you were really into, right? I mean, like you said, it was just something that you naturally sort of became into because I've heard talked to other BDSM people and I've never heard of Shibari or they didn't really go you know deep into the whole rope tying thing but this really became like the niche part of it for yeah. you right people people who do de- <coughs> devote themselves to Shibari are definitely artists it's right. something that that takes time you have to study you have to make sure if you are suspending somebody off the ground from rope you have to make sure that you're not cutting off circulation or hurting someone or you, you just really have to know what you're doing to, right. to perform it uh-huh. properly. Right. I mean, anyone can tie two hands together, but what I do takes a little bit more skill than just tying someone to their bed, you know? Yeah. Like you said, you're just suspending them sometimes. You're doing all different kinds of things. So now you're with this girl and like you guys are – She's bringing you into her burlesque place. You guys start to take pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And then where does it go from there? Oh, man. Um, well, we start throwing our own play parties. We start throwing. Start... You guys start throwing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a house at this point. Uh-huh. Um, not only were we throwing play parties, but we would every once in a while have people over and, you know, I'd. I'd events where I teach them rope or even bring other people in from the community to, you know, educate them on impact play or um, wax play or electric play. Um, we got involved with a subhaven group, which is just a group of submissives that, you know, wanted to learn more about themselves, um, which is funny because I actually met my current fiance at one of those events. Um, I'm no longer in the relationship I was right. that I'm talking about now, but yeah, it's, it got pretty complicated. <laughs> because you met these other people and you were, you kind of had an open relationship, you mean? And then you started yeah. with somebody else. Well, um, now I ended up at a certain point, even having a 
submissive on top of the relationship I was in. Um, I didn't even really bring that person into that relationship. It got, it got real complicated at points. <laughs> well, I would think so. If you're having play parties and all that kind of stuff, and she was like bringing you to the club and introducing you to all the burlesque girls. I mean, it was kind of like, it wasn't like, I mean, you were kind of like open about stuff, right? Yeah, we were very open. We definitely, we definitely had more than one experience with other people. Um, we had threesomes together. We had had even a couple different points orgies with people right. at our play parties. It it, it got pretty uh, pretty complicated. Uh huh. But <laughs> did it become a problem? Um. It didn't become a problem until we brought in a uh, a full time other other person. We brought in a, a a third to our relationship. That's when things kind of got hairy. And who who had a problem with it? Um. Well, I wouldn't say that I pushed to add a third to our relationship, but um. She she wanted to have a submissive. She wanted to learn to be a dom. She I mean, she wanted she wanted to be a, from a power position as well, which I had no problem with. Um, but that person started kind of leaning into her 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 space. Meaning with you, like yeah, with me. Right. We we started. I mean, we were in. We were all sleeping together. We were all having time together. But um, at the point, I was like, I was trying to uh, give her some of the same rights in a relationship that that um, the current girlfriend had. She she started moving to a place. Well, well, now I want someone of my own. She started moving out and. Um, you know, having side relationships of her own. This was your girlfriend. My girlfriend was having side relationships yeah, with yeah. other people because I was. Of course, because you were doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it so, got really like sort of distant between the two of you. Yeah, I mean that kind. Of, I don't know. She's. She didn't like. She didn't like a lot of the. And give the, I guess the rights that I was giving someone that I would be in a relationship with, you know, I was protecting her feelings and I don't know, it's, it's so complicated to even think about now. Yeah, we don't um, have to get that into it, but if you don't want, if it's just too, you know, complicated, but the gist of it is, is that it didn't really work when there was like it was okay when you're doing like the play parties and things were just light and whatever. But when there became like emotions involved, like, yeah, it, it, it kind of fractured everything. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't work it for a lot of, of people. That's that whole poly thing. I think some people it, could do it. Okay. But other people can't, you know, a lot of people can't. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, did you like it when she was getting involved with other people? Um, you know, she, she gave me a lot of freedom um, uh -huh. to do what, to do what I wanted to do. And yeah. I, I feel like I, I also gave her a lot of freedom that when I tried, when I tried to involve the third person and emotionally involve and emotionally connect and emotionally, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I have a girlfriend, I want her to feel comfortable, safe, and taken care of, and have, you know, the everything she needs to have to feel comfortable, and in that situation, just exasperated emotions from my current girlfriend. Right. Uh, she 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 felt like her territory was being pissed on. If, yeah, that of course. Yeah, yeah, that's how girls feel. That's what we yeah. call jealousy. <laughs> that's what <laughs> girls feel when they're feeling jealous. Like, that's what's going on when girls are jealous. You know what I mean? It's like they do get a sense of ownership over a guy. You know what I mean? And then it feels like if you feel someone taking it away, you know, it's very common. 
Yeah. Girls. I think guys feel it too, you know? But anyway, so is that the girl that you're with now or did that just. No, no, that, okay. that, that was... ended, that all, that all ended. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, the best relationship I've ever been in my life. How long um, you been with this person? A little over a year now. <laughs> Why is it um, the best? Because, well, A, she met me in a place where she understands everything about me. I mean, well, like I said, meet, you know, have to, no. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she met, she was part of the subhaven group that, um, I had spoken about earlier. Oh um, yeah. Right. Right. So, so she was, she was actually at a point where she was, she was searching. She was where I was when I was 25. She was kind of trying to make it into the world and find out what it was all about. And, and I was, I was a mentor in that community mm-hmm. at that point, but she found me at a point where I was established as this person who is a practitioner of BDSM, who was in an open lifestyle, who was doing all of these things. And she met me at a point where that's who I was instead of, instead of developing as this person or being in these relationships and it being complicated, that's just who she saw me as I, as who I was. Right. That makes any sense. Yeah, totally. And so, and you've been with her and she's a total sub. Um, yes, she's, she's, uh, a submissive. Um, she's even learning to top now. Um, she's, she's, She's she's trying to uh, break into that world, but um, top, yeah, she's just right real. Top, so- you mean to be a dom? Yes, uh-huh. yes. And do you ever feel? Do you ever switch yourself? No, uh, I mean, I have. Um, I have switched only. I feel like to be a good top, you have to know what you're doing to somebody else and experience. Right what you're doing to somebody else, but it's not exact. I'm, I'm more into, uh, doing than I am receiving. That makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I I don't, I wouldn't say that, that I, I, I am a switch, but I have switched just so that I know that when I hit somebody with a flogger or when I tie somebody up, I know what they're experiencing. I just feel like it's it's best practice to know what you're doing to somebody and to experience what you're doing to somebody so that you know what they're going through. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's I think that that makes sense for sure. You know, I think that um, it, I, I don't know if they're all I I never knew that people switched so much. You know what I mean? Um, I've heard it recently more from the past couple of people that have called in, but a couple of people I've talked to before, like it, they don't switch at all, you know, but um, I think that if you do or you have, it does help in that you can sort of understand from the other person's perspective, right? Well, I mean, if somebody is tied up with a blindfold and, and they're panicking and, and you don't know why they're panicking, it's, it might come across as, oh, they're just being a baby or they're just, you know, they're not, they're, they're just struggling against this because of an assumed reason. But if you've gone through it yourself, it, it gives, it gives you clarity as to what they're going through. And if you need to get them out or let them free or let them breathe, or you just, you just know if no i just feel like it's best practice to know what someone's going through and be able to relate to that um as a top yeah right mhm yeah and so now she's looking to kind of s- switch it up herself yeah um yeah she's definitely she's definitely a switch she she's uh i don't know she's she's just interested she's just interested in exploring all aspects she hasn't had the time that i've had in the community and she just wants to explore 
And I feel like it's a good place for me to let her. Right. Mm-hmm. And how long in between that last person and this person, like, because you, when you left that relationship, right? I said, oh, is that the girl that you wet? You know, and you said, no, I, this is, you know, was there a long time in between there? That Did you date other people? Well, I mean, that that's even complicated, too, because <laughs> <laughs> the, the previous girlfriend I was with, we, we had even had threesomes with her before. So, like, we were having threesomes with my current girlfriend, with the girlfriend I was talking about before. Right. So we were kind of cursorily, you know, seeing each other while I was seeing the previous girlfriend. Right. So it's a very small, it's maybe it's just like any other world. It's like a small world, right? Like, because it's you know, you all kind of know each other, right? If you live around the same place and you're going to all these parties, you start to know all the players, right? Yeah, I mean, the parties that we throw and the parties that are thrown, there's probably a rotating cast of 500 people in our area actually make it out of their bedrooms and like participate in an active community. So it's kind of a small world. Now, let me um, ask you this, because you're on Instagram, and I don't know if your the pictures show you or they just show the girls tied up or whatever. Do people know in your life, like, you know, the regular people, like your family or, like you know, like what that what you're into and your friends? Or is this like a total secret life that you live? Um, it's it is secret to an extent that my parents and my family don't know. My sister has found out. Um, just because I, I'm a figurehead in the community, and and words gotten out. Um, most of my friends at this point. What did your sister te- say when she found out? Was she like, "What the fuck"? She, I don't think she was real surprised. Right. Um, like I said, I was, I was always a little punk rock kid. I was always kind of a little, uh, a little different. I, I wasn't walking around in a pastel polo shirt and khakis I, I i was wearing zipper pants and and ramon shirts and cutting my hair into mohawks and right I, I was just i was always a little bit different uh-huh so i mean she grew up with me so i don't i don't think it was that big of a shockwave for her to find out that i was a kinky person in the community Right. And then um, as far as on your Instagram, right, where people look, are you just does it show your face or is it strictly the people that you're tying up? No, I'm in a few (laughs) pictures. I'm Uh in a few, you know, action shots. But more often than not, it's either I'm behind the camera taking the picture or I'm I've gotten out of the way. How did the Instagram thing come up? So. Um, like I said, I was in this artist troupe type deal. And I mean, they had a photographer, you know, he was like, Oh, I want to take pictures of, this is really neat. I want to take pictures of it. Blah, blah, blah. So a couple of photo shoots later, I had, I had some pictures and, um, I, I just had, I had, I had pictures, uh, like uh, stored up and eventually someone was like oh well you should start an instagram account you've got pictures of yourself you've got these are really neat you should you should display them somewhere and you shouldn't just be sitting on your hard drive there's they should be out so um at a certain point i put i don't know maybe five six pictures on an instagram account um and uh, I mean, it didn't really go anywhere the first time I posted my pictures. But um, one day we decided to set up the camera and we invited some girls over and I tied them all up, took pictures out of my How shed. Many? Uh, I want to say five girls for that day. Where do you find them? They're just a part of the group, right? Because you must know so many people now, right? At that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. To... They were just part of our friend group. Yeah, people who were interested. In, you know, they either hadn't been tied up before, 
before they hadn't um you know hadn't had pictures of themselves i mean they're all members of the community so they want to add stuff to their fet life accounts and scene so um i just kind of lured them in by saying if you want to get tied up or if you need pictures for your accounts or whatever come over to my house and we'll set up this little photo shoot and uh it took you know maybe maybe 10 15 good shots and i put them up on my instagram account and um i don't know uh just one day I don't know if somebody reblogged some of my pictures right. or or shared my pictures, but one day I had like they just blew up. I mean, like, like in one day, someone someone big that probably had a lot must have like I mean, tweeted or something, whatever, right? Maybe? My first picture maybe had like fifty six followers, right? And or fifty six likes rather, and then one day like 250 likes. Wow. Okay. 300 likes, 400 likes. Like I went from, I think I went in one day from having 200 friends to 1500 friends. Right. And it it just kind of like, it was actually pretty shocking. It was shocking for me. Like I, I, you know, I was just kind of, I'll put them up. I don't have them anywhere to display. And it was, it was, it was a waterfall. Yeah, that's crazy. And then it's, and then it just kept trickling down. I mean, like how long, because you, you said you're up to like 15,000 now and it's not like you do any kind of advertising, right? Maybe you'll get more people now as well. I mean, well, I mean, I, I would, as a Instagram follower does go on, uh, you know, I, I look up Shabari and like people's pictures and, you know, I mean, just go, go and seek the things that I'm interested in. But right. like, I, I, like I, you know, I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't any kind of like cam model or somebody who's like, like seeking out fame. It just kind of happened. Does it st- still seem like it's like growing as we speak? Well, I haven't, I haven't posted as much on Instagram lately as I was because now, now I'm sending some of the photos that I take in, in studio to magazines. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So are you um, getting paid for them? Here and there. Um, Uh not necessarily, I mean, more as submissions for the models themselves, the models are usually getting paid, but I, I, it's still a hobby for me. I never meant it to be a career. I've got a, yeah, but they do job, say but... when you, if you, you know, get, get paid to do what you love to do, you know, so you could probably put that all, you have so many photo- photographs at this point, you could probably put it all in a book. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, one day that, that, that would be a dream. I've got a photographer that I work with pretty regularly been kind of banking some of our our stuff and it, it would be it would be fantastic if we could reach a publisher somehow and yeah like, that's that like a good a, erotica kind of book right i'm thinking of turning yeah. my podcast into like a, a, a book right i have like so much content already like right when you have like all this content you could like bring it put it together and create a book out of it why not right especially because mm-hmm. like this what i do is like what you do it's just like a hobby it's like what i like to do i'm not getting paid to do this but i've been doing it for four years regularly you know um i mm-hmm. do it on my own free time because i love doing it it's like what you do it but it, if you to monetize stuff like that is the key to fucking life that's what it's all about do you know what i mean yeah i mean you know it- I, I never, I never meant it to be a career or any kind right. of thing. Like, you know, it's definitely something I have fun with. And you know, if 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 I make money one day from it, it's an extra bonus. But exactly, but it's not why part, you're doing it at this point. No, what I'm doing, I'm doing it for you know, like a to figure out my relationships and my own adventures, and you know, b to fun. It's a fun way to live your life. Right. So what's the craziest thing you and your girls or it just not even like this girl, because you've been you've been sort of in the fetish world for a really long time. Right. Why don't we leave off with like like your craziest story, or like the best night ever. And then maybe like 
anything like gone really wrong with your tying up? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess, I mean, I had mentioned you before threesomes and orgies. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess the craziest night or craziest thing that I had ever done was, uh, one, one year we threw a new year's party. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, one, one of our guests came with a big bag of ecstasy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. For everybody. So, yeah. Like enough for a good 25 people. Right. So, I mean, that was kind of an unplanned situation, but I mean, it was a, a room full of kinky people who are already planning on playing. And then someone brings in the wild card of, oh, here's a thing that's going to let all these already kinky people who like to let loose be loose even more all of loose. their inhibitions. <laughs> yeah, totally. Imagine. So what the that, fuck do they do? Oh, man. Do they turn into regular people? <laughs> no, I mean, that was just like a bonus multiplier. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone who is normally pretty inhib- uninhibited just kind of an extra uninhibited. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that turned into a full fledged three different room orgy that, that, that just, that went, that night is hard to even piece together. Just I mean, everyone it was just having sex with everyone. Hands on hands on people on. I mean, yeah. Now, do you I mean, do you go both ways, or you're just strictly with girls? I, I'm I'm straight. I'm, right. I'm definitely definitely a straight guy. Uh-huh. Um, Your but, girls um, are more bi, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like nowadays, like there's more. There's more bi girls than straight girls in the world, right? But that that might just be in the world that I'm in. But uh, it just seems like every girl on Instagram is making out with another girl, you know? Right. Uh huh. And now your girl, uh, she's into other girls, of course. And so when you're at this party, it's like a free for all, right? The ecstasy party. Yeah, I mean that 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 that. I mean, we had of maybe eight people in our bedroom kind of just going at it right all night long well i mean it i mean that spilled over into our spare bedroom and our living room and i mean we had dungeon furniture out in our living room and people were just spanking each other it was it was the craziest free for all that i think i've ever even witnessed <laughs> is the ecstasy yeah. maybe someone, you guys should bring ecstasy to more parties uh well i mean it is you it is definitely an interesting it. I mean, like you it's said, an interesting thing to happen but you hey, don't I'm, need it because like you now. said you're mostly very i'm older now people. and like i don't yeah. know i've got a professional job i don't want to you know go into work one day and then you know piss test man come back with whatever yeah. in my system but you know every, have you every ever once bumped in a while into in this world like you know somebody from your work or somebody that you knew that you didn't know was sort of involved in the community not it, not yet but i have ran into my sister's friends oh really <laughs> yeah yeah the I've, sister that I, knows my sister that knows now i've definitely i mean I, I think that's how word got back to her in the first place. But yeah. like I, I've been at, I've been teaching at events, teaching rope, you know, to people and, Oh, Oh, oh there's one of my sister's old roommates. Or, oh my God. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, never at work, but definitely, definitely at, uh, cursory friend circles have, have, have merged. Right. So where are you at with your relationship now? Are you planning on like, cause you've been with her for just a year, but you say like, she's like the best relationship ever. Do you plan on like maybe getting married? Do you have the, that kind of goal? Oh yeah. Um, I, I got engaged in October. Oh, congrats. That was recent. Yeah. 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 So, um, we 
we just bought a house together and we're engaged. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're actually throwing our first play party ever this weekend together. Oh, that's awesome. And now yeah. you're not going to open up this kind of situation and make it all sticky and stuff, right? I don't think we're going to be adding anybody to our um You see how it's I mean, caused you might... problems in the past. Oh, indeed. Yeah, no. You I... don't want to fuck this one up, right? No, I definitely don't. I like she's the greatest person, most supportive person that I've I've dated, but I mean, I don't I don't I don't see us closing it off to like playing with other people, right, but right, I'm right, definitely totally. not going to let people. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to let people into our relationship. Yeah. If that don't. Makes sense. And even if someone tries, don't go there because you don't want to like give this one reason to get mad at you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. You're getting married. I mean, I think you're like, it's like great to hear your story because you were somebody that was like having all kinds of problems. And there's probably people like you that are like older or, and also your age that like have the same difficulties that you had before you sort of decided to like give all that up. Like you were like trying to have regular relationships in the vanilla world with regular people and it just wasn't working because you weren't really being true to who you are. But then... Yeah, my- my advice to people is definitely like let your freak flag don't, fly. Don't push it. Don't put. Don't push it in a closet somewhere. Just yeah. Try and figure it out. Figure out what because you there need. are people that like. I think there are like. Look, you found five hundred people in your neighborhood that like the same shit you do, right? I mean, there's like a, there mm-hmm. was a community out there, and you just have to go looking for them. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, you know, it's it it does go like your story shows that it's just like if you just be true to who you are and go live out your thing and then and you found relationships with women who are on the same page and I think that that's like really important so it's not like you're going to be like living a double life behind your wife and then she's going to find out one day and you're going to have to get fucking divorced you know uh you and so like you're ahead of the game you know that's well, like the I way mean, you should I, think. Just, I, I feel like Every everyone's got something that they they're interested in or want to figure out about themselves, and you know, hiding it, suppressing it, just turns you into a negative person. Or it never it never winds up good for the person who suppresses themselves. No, and a lot of so, times I think living a double life, um, it takes a lot of energy. You know, there's a lot of energy that it goes involved into that right and then you have all the energy going into your real life right and then all your energy you know and it's just like fucking exhausting isn't it just easier to be yourself i think it's hard when you get like a guy you know i've had guys call in they're bi and they're like you know i want to like you know maybe it's going to be hard to find a girl that they're totally into that would but you know what i've had guys on here who have have girlfriends or wives and they know that they're bi and they're cool with it right so just like i think if you just stick to who you are and you know be true to yourself that you could find there's somebody for everybody you know what i mean that's well, what i think being being in the community that i i operate and there's there are all types there's every type and you know there's somebody for every type there's multiple people for every type you don't even have to Oh, well, I just find this one person. There's, right, no, there's, you're going to need like 40 of them because you got to find the one person out of all of them that you like. That are You just got to look in the right place. You, yeah. I mean, and that's you what know. you did. You said, you said, fuck it. You're not going to date vanilla people anymore. You went to the internet to find like where the people that were a little bit more kinky existed, right? And you started to mm-hmm. chat and it took time, but eventually, you know, you started to make connections and now you have, now you're like the Shibari artist, right? And people could go to your, to see what this is all about, right? Now that they've heard about it, they could go Absolutely. to your Instagram, give your Instagram name out again. So we could plug you. Somo not co S O M O K N O T C O. So Somo not co. And that's on Instagram yeah. and people could see exactly what you do. And uh, cool. Now, if anyone writes in and they want to like get information on or anything, can I forward them over to you? Absolutely, absolutely. If anyone has any questions, because you were a teacher, post. yeah, I, I do. I do. I do teach what I, I 
would happy happily give resources out on my Instagram page. So, you know, if they want if they want to ask any questions or want to ask how to get how to navigate fet life or right, barriers of entry, I would love to help them it out for themselves. All right, awesome. So if anybody, if anyone wants that information and you want to be put in touch with John, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll forward it on to you. Okay? Sure. All right, thanks, sounds so, great. thanks so much for calling in. Now everyone go check out his Instagram. Well, thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Good luck Bye. on your marriage. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly.